0: two one welcome to the Quincy Jones show you are now in the mix with the two-man tower trip Quincy Jones and Doc Lesson.
1: What's going on ladies and gentlemen, this is your host Quincy Jones and this is the Quincy Jones Show podcast and we're doing things a little bit different this week. In case you haven't noticed uh, in current events, there's uh, quite of a stir of panic going on around the world right now, uh, as well as uh, not only uh, across different countries, but uh, also right here at home. Uh, some of you guys are affected as well as uh, more than others as far as being completely locked down. Some... Uh, not being able to, uh, fulfill those, uh, prior engagements you had tickets for, eh? And it's been a lot of things that have been, uh, affected, uh, more or less, uh, with everything going on right now, of course, uh, talking about the, the, corona coronavirus, uh, rather, um, but, uh, you know, a lot of us who are, uh, creatives and, uh, you know, make content and, uh, try to entertain those, uh, around them as well as those who enjoy what they do, uh such as myself and a lot of other people that do what they do. Um, you know, we, I felt like we do have, hold some sort of responsibility, especially in times like these when, you know, more or less, we're uh, kind of holed up in our own um, kind of safe zones here at home and, you know, kind of doing this whole quote-unquote social distancing thing, uh, which is now uh, a coined uh, term, you know, and so many things 2020 has given us thus far. But um, yeah, you know, it, you know, as far as that, though, on that note, um, I'm taking the responsibility obviously serious here. And, um, you know, there's still pro wrestling going on. And, you know, I got to give kudos first and foremost. I think this is really important to give everyone and any company and just any capacity that's, you know, behind the curtain, in front of the curtain, uh, behind the camera, in front of the camera, you know, so like and so forth that are actually putting forth the effort to still try to keep us fans entertained at a time like this. Uh, you know, obviously hope, you know, still keeping me be able, being able to keep up with the product and have something to talk about on a weekly basis. Like I have been so long, um, you know, running continuously. So um, hats off to all the, you know, men and women that are definitely making everything happen and still trying to do their best to entertain us with their, you know, their craft and, uh, you know, everything that they do and, Um, It's not easy, you know what I mean, especially with the fact that uh, the obvious, uh, you know, elephant in the room is there is no crowds. There's no uh, human interaction. There's no uh, fan uh, interaction, you know what I mean? There's no fan response, uh, which is a huge part of what they do, you know, a huge part of, uh, you know, part of uh, being part of the show. Um, And, you know, on that note, you know, there's a lot of uh, different news coming out of that um, in terms of uh, WrestleMania and stuff like that as a result. But, uh, yeah, man, before we get into all that and the news and all that stuff, um, like I said, this is not going to be a different episode. It is just me, myself, and I, the sole heir of the Quincy Jones Show fortune. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I decided to do a little something different. Uh, I wanted to kind of connect with you guys. Again, you know, a lot of people are going to be uh, shut in. Uh, going stir-crazy, looking for some sort of entertainment, whether it's music, whether it's this podcast, hopefully. Um, whether it's TV, whatever it is, board games, video games, anything that that you can find solace in, I definitely encourage you to do so. And, uh, you know, if if we are your choice, definitely, again, taking this responsibility very serious. So, you know, I um, want to do something different, man. I want to try to connect with you guys on a different level. I know you guys hear me talk about wrestling all the time. Um, but in case you guys were curious about uh, anything, you know, my opinions on anything that's currently going on, uh, I got a few questions. I did a little AMA, uh, you know, as I cut my long-winded self off just to get straight to the point here. I actually threw up a, an AMA gra- uh, graphic on uh, Instagram a couple hours ago. got quite a few people to hit me up. Also had a few friends to hit me up on Instagram. And uh, I, I even had uh, Mark McFly and uh, Doc Lesnar themselves text me a few uh detailed questions uh of their own which uh, again will tie into uh, the scoop in the review for the week so to speak but yeah i had a few different uh questions uh, not necessarily pertaining to uh current events or uh current affairs with the current storyline of uh pro wrestling some stuff you know still wrestling related but uh you know favorites in uh you know top five type stuff etc etc but um yeah, man. Um, decided, uh, like I said, we're going to do, do things a little bit different. Still going to have a little bit of review because obviously some things, some important movements uh, have, uh, you know, occurred as far as, um, you know, progress going towards uh, different shows, different agendas here. Uh, Wednesday Night Wars still uh, a thing. Uh, as the days go by, is getting a little bit weird. The one thing I've been saying is this is kind of like a Twilight Zone uh, type of moment, man. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. But... um. Anyways, uh let's get into the questions, man. And again, shout out to everyone that actually uh participated and uh responded to yours truly. So let's get into it. Let's get oh we got a we got a hot hot one off the top. Ha <sighs> I guess I gotta talk about this. Um not a lot of people know about this, but yeah. <laughs> so we um you know, Quincy Jones go here. Uh host of the Quincy Jones show. Also Do a lot of other things on the side, such as ring announce, uh, commentary with my boys, uh, McFly and Lesnar. But uh, I also run, um, you know, help run quite a few uh, different promotions. uh, Gold Coast Federation being one of them, as well as uh, Rival Pro Wrestling uh, being another one uh, that I've been prominently featured in as far as uh, more involvement. Uh, and you know, just putting on the shows and everything. But um, Rival Pro Wrestling. If you guys haven't had a chance, check it out. Uh, YouTube. You'll hear my lovely voice on that uh, commentary, along with my boys. Again, have to throw that out there. But uh, yeah, man, great shows. We put together a lot of great cards in the past. Um, obviously been on some sort of a long hiatus for quite some time now. Uh, but obviously there's a lot of stuff <laughs> that. Are out of our hands, and uh, you know, in terms of uh, things pertaining to that right now and uh, live events. Period. But uh, yeah, I had a question from a long, uh, long-time fan of Rival Pro Wrestling, asking specifically about a certain show we had. He had asked, uh, "How did you guys feel after the Scott Hawk uh, incident, where uh, Scott Hawk canceled his appearance, uh, but shows up at uh, Starcast?" Well. <laughs> Got a little story here. Uh, Story time with Quincy Jones. Um, Rival Pro Wrestling, again, we are a premier uh, independent wrestling uh, promotion outside of uh, Southern California. Uh, Started out of Pomona, and then we started moving shows also to LA. Um, So, you know, we were uh, probably in operations maybe about one or two years in uh, total. Um, Again, sort of a hiatus right now, trying to figure out what's going on with everything going on right now. But at our second no i'm sorry our one-year anniversary show uh which was uh summarizing we had summarizing one uh august of uh 2018 and then we had a, uh, i'm sorry 2017 and then we had a uh, summarizing two august of 2018 um uh, we wanted to do something big something bigger and better than the first one you know we had uh guys like willie mack and uh luchasaurus uh You know, in quite a few of our uh, first, you know, round of shows the first year, you know what I mean? Had quite a a few great names. Uh, Then, you know, we wanted to do something different. We wanted to kind of, you know, make the first year anniversary a bigger deal. You know, we moved to a brand new uh, venue and all that. And uh, one of the hooks we had is, uh, you know, we always got to put together a spectacular card, which we did. But we also had uh, an advertised appearance by Scott Hall and that was going to be in partnership with uh another uh guy who works with exclusively with a lot of these meet and greets and stuff like that. I've been to, to quite a few of his uh meet and greets myself. To be honest, the majority of the meet and greets you've seen me um at were hosted by his company. Um but yeah, we were doing a little deal with him. He was supposed to bring Scott in. Um and this is the real the real deal. I mean, you know, this is not a to bust anybody's balls or you know throw anybody under the bus. I mean, what truly happened was we were informed that as uh, days got closer to uh, the Scott Hall appearance at our show, and uh, mind you, the deal was we weren't paying a dime for Scott. The deal, which was brought to us by this uh, gentleman working for the company, uh, bringing in these these guys for the meet and greet, he proposed to us that we wouldn't have to pay a dime. He would pay for Scott. Meaning his plane ticket and his uh his bo- his room and board, as well as his flight. And the catch was that you know we would be selling tickets separate from our event tickets for the show. Summarizing two, um, check it out right now YouTube, dot com. Summarizing two, rival pro wrestling, great show. Um, and you know so he won. We were going to sell meet and greet tickets for Scott Hall separate from our our show, which is fine. And the catch was he was going to keep 100% of the ticket sales, which was totally fine for us. For It was a win-win. We were going to get Scott Hall there, Scott Hall being one of my top five guys. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, we were going to get people interested in wanting to meet him, being able to come to our show, and even attract more people to come to our show, and possibly, because just because they, they got a ticket to see Scott didn't mean they got into our, our show for free, just the same as just because they had a ticket to our show didn't mean they got a ticket to see Scott for free. So... We're hoping there's going to be a little bit of cross promotion there, obviously, um, you know, it's at the same spot, the same venue. Exactly. But um, as again, weeks, we're getting closer to the event. The guy who's in charge of the of uh, I guess the, the talent handler, if you will, he uh, is, a, you know, informing us that Scott is sick. Supposedly, uh, you know, what he's saying to us is that he's throwing up blood. That's literally what he's more or less telling us uh it's telling us as the days are going by that uh he's going to be pretty much getting uh what's the word uh pretty much ke- kept an eye on by uh doctors and in terms of uh his well-being and his health uh if it was going to you know be uh, a positive or a negative as far as uh if it was going to you know progress or digress um and as it kept getting closer to the show, all of us, you know, we all had a feeling something was up. Um, and I'm not saying that there was, but I let me just get to the rest of the story here. Pretty much, um, long story short, you know, he's telling us Scott can't get on a on a plane per doctor's orders. He's still throwing up blood; it's really bad. Um, and you know, this was a Saturday. Uh, again, this was in 20, uh, 2018. So he misses the show. We had to refund a few people, but the uh, truth of the matter was we didn't have to refund people because it wasn't our tickets. We had to refund a few people who bought tickets to our show who also want to go see Scott, but because they weren't going to see Scott, they didn't want to go to the show anymore. So that's, that. that which is mean, I think like maybe four or five people tops. That, that we had the refund. So after that, what the guy, who, you know, the the, the the handler slash the promoter, the guy, the head of this company who, who came to us for the show, what he doesn't know is that I actually, like exactly a week from that Saturday our show is, is all in, and I have tickets to go, and I have a bunch of meet and greet tickets that I purchased leading up to the show. Scott Hall was scheduled to be there in Chicago for StarCast, uh, the convention, as part of the intercontinental uh, championship photo op and you know I, I honestly completely forgot about it until you know i'm, I'm starting to get everything ready for the for the, the trip we had a, su- a successful show nonetheless the 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 one-year anniversary show was great again go back and check it out on youtube again rival pro wrestling uh, i think you could actually go to bit.ly backslash rival tube it'll take you straight to the rival pro youtube page you could check out summarizing too but yeah man uh so I'm getting my stuff together as far as my meet and greet tickets and everything I got to get together because I'm thinking, you know, if I'm in a hotel, worst case scenario, I'm I not going to have exclusive uh, access to a printer to do everything I need to do, to, you know, to print out all the paperwork I need to print out. And honestly, like my phone sometimes at the time, my phone was all wonky, so I didn't really trust the Wi-Fi situation for, you know, all my barcodes and all that stuff. So, you know, I just was planning ahead. And then, I, you know, I'm looking at the Scott Hall ticket. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be seeing this guy. And this is, it, the date that the mini Green is supposed to happen is literally a week from our show. And I'm thinking there's no way he'll, he would be ready by then, especially when the doctor just told him he's not. Supposedly, the doctor told him he could not be on a plane based on his condition. Well, I get the star cast and guess who makes the to Chicago as well? None other than the bad guy, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. And he's there, and he's healthy. He is 100%, you know, I'm not going to say he was 100% healthy. I don't know if he had, you know, whatever. But he was there, and there was a long line for him. If, you know, again, I don't know how long it takes to miraculously, you know, recover from throwing up blood or whatever the situation is but it just seemed a little bit funny and uh, the other portion of it that was funny is the same individual uh who doesn't know that we know a lot of people that we know you know the same people we know a lot of the same people he doesn't know that we know a lot of the same people but a lot of those same people that he knows came back to us with some chatter that he was spreading around which basically he was telling people that uh we pulled out of the scott hall deal which was 100 percent false um so pretty much, guys, you know, we're pretty sure we got shafted on the whole deal. Again, we apologize for anyone that was looking forward to it. I mean, again, I'm not going to just sit here and be Mr. Bitter and throw everybody under the bus about it. Um, if you guys ask me in the streets... I have no problem saying it, but I'm not going to broadcast it right here on, on on the podcast right here. But, though, you know, that that was my uh, pretty much my answer for that one. I mean, we were upset, you know, but at the same time, I was the only person that was actually there seeing him uh, there at StarCast exactly seven days from the day that he supposedly couldn't make a California uh, meet and greet date, which. Again, the whole thing was weird. I mean, especially when you put into effect and I mean, I'm not trying to go super duper detective here, but I've had other friends that have told me um and this is on totally unrelated situations just letting me know that uh there's, you know, with iPhone users, there's a way for you to pretty much craft a whole um fake, I guess fake. I mean, that's the way to only say it is I mean, uh a manufactured uh text conversation, I guess. A whole text thread, if you wanna say that. Um, pretty much and from scratch and make it look exactly like the person you're saying you're talking to is the person you're supposedly talking to, you know? So um again, these are friends of mine, and colleagues that shown me and told me these things on unrelated, uh outside situations, which has led me to think about this situation. But I digress. Uh as we get into the next question, uh shout out to Radical Beaver again, long time uh rival pro wrestling fan and supporter um he has another question here favorite match that we've had at rival pro wrestling um i got a few actually i got um the first rival well it wasn't the rival revolver um technically it was the gauntlet match but we hosted the Gotland match, which was, uh, I believe, was no, it was like seven seven guys in it. Let me see. Human Tornado, uh, Big Steve, uh, Dirty Ron, Keegan Brittle, um, Dickie Mayer, Adrian Quest, and there was, uh, I know there's a few people I'm missing here, um, but yeah, we had quite a few people that were there in, in this uh uh, Rocket Boy, Rocket Boy was another uh, contestant that was in there, but yeah, quite a few guys that are in there. But it was like our first uh, gimmick match that we had that we can call our own for rival. Um, and plus, we had a, a guy that we've had our eye on, uh, Adrian Quest. He uh, came into his own in this match, and he won this match. So um, that was a great match. Uh, one of my, fir- I mean, honestly, uh, that was the first time we've ever called uh, the Quest Jones Show. That was our first debut calling uh, uh, any type of match. Uh, and that was the first match on the card, so um, definitely one of my favorites uh, by far, just because of the you know memories of so many things that I was able to do on the wrestling side, um, outside of putting on the show, booking the show, uh, and then calling the show. And then yeah, it was it was pretty ridiculous. But um, another favorite of mine for sure is uh, also uh, Jake Atlas versus Andy Brown, and I believe that was a two out of three falls match. That was an awesome match to call, but it was also just a great match just to sit there and just watch the psychology for. Um, it was nominated by uh, SoCal Uncensored as for match of the year. Uh, I know it didn't win, but still, you know, nomination was great. Great nod, you know what I mean? Um, and nice to know we had a hand in, you know, booking that match. And, you know, these guys, Jay gallus and, and, and Annie Brown are just both masters in their craft in their own right. So... Um, and I had to probably, you know, and not that you asked me for three, but my third favorite probably would have to be, man, I got too many. See, I got, I got, now I just got another one. I liked Killer Cross and Andy Brown. That was a great one to call as well. Uh, awesome to have Killer Cross, you know, being at a, at a rival pro show, but I, I got to admit the, uh, probably one of the best matches we had in terms of just, fan reaction and and just overall surprise factor was at our our, our last show that we had which was the our uh, two-year anniversary summarizing three uh back at the Yanoki dojo uh, where we had a, a scheduled three-way uh, dance that turned into a four way where it was uh, Ironheart Douglas James uh it was also uh jungle boy taking on current rival pro Undisputed champion Adrian Quest but then we had the uh, late edition and surprise edition. Of uh, Joey Janela and just the way that the crowd popped, it was ridiculous. Uh, we had also had a uh, Scorpio Sky as well as Luchasaurus on that card as well. And this is like right before the uh, uh, the the launch of a AEW Dynamite, so it was just a really all around a great look. And we've worked with all three, uh, all two guys before. First time working with Jungle Boy and Joey, but it was great. It was just all around all around great show. But uh, moving on here with the questions, um, favorite all time wrestling match that I. Ever that I'll never get tired of watching. I have a few. I like the uh, DIY versus uh, uh, the Revival at Toronto was one of my favorites. Um, Shawn Michaels. This one doesn't get it, it, okay as a kid. This is the one of the ones that made me like start to understand the psychologies of wrestling and big guy versus small guy and what do you have to do to try to out maneuver and outsmart and and it, 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 it's not a good match <laughs> as a and as, and as an adult it's not a good match but it's still a hallmark for me. And that's uh, Shawn Michaels versus Vader. Um, Another one of mine is Shawn Michaels versus Mankind in Mind Games. Uh, Another one of mine would also be, um, as much as people feel how they feel right now, Triple Threat match at WrestleMania. Triple uh, Triple H versus Shawn Michaels versus uh, Chris Benoit. Um, Another one of my favorites would have to be. that I don't get tired of watching, man, I'm trying to think, because there's quite a few I'll throw on, man, Um, Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho ladder match was another good one, I forgot which WrestleMania that was, Um, there's quite a few, man, to be honest, there's quite a few, Um, I mean, one of the ones I've been watching quite a bit, uh, and I'm not trying to be a super duper mark here, but I watched it live, and I watched it back, and I've watched it back quite a few times, and that's Hangman and Page and uh, Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks, man. Um, that's I got to say that's probably one of been one of my current favorites right now. Um, I know there's a few that I'm totally forgetting and, and I'm, I'm I'm totally mad at my. Oh, I probably watched a million uh, RVD versus Jerry Lynn matches, 100, percent back to back, bar none for sure. I've, I've watched plenty of those. Um, another one I've watched is I've watched uh, Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan, Fast Lane. Uh, Triple H versus, uh, Dean Ambrose at Roadblock, um, AJ versus Roman, uh, Extreme Rules. It's quite a few, man. It's quite a few that are just, like, really good wrestling matches. Um, classic probably would be that, uh, Stone Cold and Bret Hart. Shout out to Shea Whitey over, uh, at, uh, B-Side Shop. Matter of fact, if you guys are, uh, looking to help, uh, support small businesses, uh, go online to B-Side. and uh, support for sure they're going to be hosting a a, a new a new segment of the Quincy Jones show soon but uh, definitely had to shout them out because they put me up on game the other night they were playing the the old submission match Stone Cold versus Bret Hart but I digress but uh, yeah let's get more into these questions man because there's been quite a few uh, that have been some thinkers for me which, again, I enjoy, man, because uh, all I do is kind of watch wrestling and report it and give my opinion, whether you guys agree with it, care about it, or you've disregarded it or whatever. Uh, I'm blessed to have two other guys I can bounce ideas off of, but uh, yeah, I'm still uh, still trying to see where I can go from here. Oh, okay. I got one here. Um, someone asked me, sh- oh, okay. Shout out to uh, Joey Saint over at uh, Gold Coast Federation. Uh, Follow the Fed He uh, asked me about the recent uh, Announcement about uh, Wrestlemania Everyone knew the Wrestlemania was going to be up in the air Tampa Bay officials uh, Have uh, decided that uh, they are not going to Allow uh, Wrestlemania At the Tampa Bay Stadium And I'm calling it the Tampa Bay Stadium Because I know it's somebody's name and I can't remember what it is So sue me um, Don't watch uh, Football like that to to know Anyways, uh, but we are getting word that WrestleMania is still, in fact, still going down, and allegedly it is now going to be split in between two days uh, with uh, multiple locations, multiple being probably more than just one. Uh, I I would sense maybe the Performance Center in another location, but, you know, remains to be seen. But I was specifically asked about how I felt about that, as well as the fact that they brought in... Gronikoski, I don't even know how you said the Gronk. Probably saying his name wrong. I, I don't. I don't care. I don't care. But uh, the fact that they brought him in the host, well, WrestleMania is going to be weird this year, ain't it? It's going to be uh, the, as Triple H said on NXT, it's going to be a uh, nothing like we've ever seen before, and we'll talk about it for a long time to come. But see, those things are true, but I think for all the wrong reasons, for for bad reasons possibly. Um. Part of WrestleMania, like, is the crowd, it's the fan interaction, again, the fan response, a lot of everything I was talking about earlier. Um, I'm not against, the, you know, Vince wanting to do WrestleMania. I just think it's a huge blow to put WrestleMania, like, the, some the okay, the concept and the idea overall, the size of what WrestleMania represents and manifests itself into. To be relegated, and I don't like to use the word like you know the PC is not worthy, but to be relegated to something smaller, you know, form of that of of a PC, um, it's strange. I mean, and it seems like they, you know, it seems like they should just you know not force it. You know what I mean? In in a sense, it seems like it's coming from a a, a, a sense of them trying to just still want to do it still wanting their way and and them being you know upper management and wwe and Vince McMahon especially who obviously more times than not in all these reports have been known to be very much against the idea of wanting to postpone or cancel um though i've been hearing quite a few uh if not a majority of the uh, main roster have been uh you know on the side of wanting to postpone it uh in favor of postponing uh wrestlemania and And I could see that coming from a few different situations. I could see that coming from a a situation of, you know, you got all these uh, men and women who work so hard and possibly a lot of them who've never ever been in the position they've been able to get to uh, going up, you know, towards the build of WrestleMania to be a part of the WrestleMania, uh, you know, card in itself. You know, a lot of first-time comers. And, you know, they won't even be able to really relish in the moment because of the fact that the moment is kind of it's just a real twilight zone you know what i mean it's just uh it's it's really hard i I mean i I guess for them it's like maybe it's more worth it for them you know where it's safe um where they can actually have the full-blown moment have the whole experience in itself i mean there's no use in rushing it Um, another side of it could be, you know, and, and, you know, I joked about this, you know, even though it's not so much a joke. I mean, one of the things that everyone's been talking about or clamoring for, for quite some time when it comes to professional wrestling, as far as the, the, you know, huge colossus that WWE is, is there's been always a call for a, a potential, uh, wrestlers union, you know, and, um, or at least some sort of, uh, you know, they always say, oh, there's no time off. You know, NFL has a time off. You know, uh, the NBA has a time off. There's no time off. And, you know, WWE, you know, Bret Hart himself has said he's wrestled, you know, over, you know, 300 days a year, 14 years straight, you know, for Vince. So it's like, you know, obviously they go, they never close, you know what I mean? But if, you know, all this talk about them never taking time off or never having a season, you know, an off season for wrestling, it's like of all the things that are going on right now, you would think uh, this would be more than enough reason to give these guys an offseason, but it's even funnier to know that Vince is even more now than ever. Like, no, we're still going to do WrestleMania. We got to do WrestleMania. But I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, you know, there's a lot of, you know, development with the, the build that, you know, came from Raw this week. But, again, is it worth it without a crowd to really be there to, to help? But, I mean, I, I have points on that as well. But uh, as far as my, you know, opinion on Gronk hosting I think that's them putting a band-aid on a situation I mean I'm sure they had plans to I mean they I think they said they were gonna debut Gronk on 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 Smackdown I mean I don't know I I think it's a little too late I think they should have signed him back when he you know had that little spot with Jinder and, and Mojo and um you know they could have had him and Mojo doing some tag team stuff back then. I, I don't I'm not a big fan of Gronk. I mean, I'm not I don't have nothing against him, but you know, it's just I I don't know. I, it it's just I don't know, man. It's like whenever these celebrities or these these other sports uh athletes come in trying to make a a go for wrestling, I feel like it kind of exposes the business. Um that's just my personal opinion. Won't get too far into that, but as far as him hosting, I I don't think he's of hosting material. Um I'm not saying he's dumb, but I'm not saying he's He's good enough for commercials but I mean for him to do a full blown two day hosting job I mean I'd rather see uh was it Pat was it McKern or Pat I forgot his name. I'd rather see Pat and possibly I mean make the rock do it or somebody. I don't know man. I mean they could have anybody. They could just throw in a green screen and have them broadcast via satellite. It doesn't matter. I'm sure Hulk Hogan is clamoring for for a reason to bring America back and be a, known as a real American have him do it. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know, but uh gronk not a good choice i mean even if like wrestlemania if if coronavirus is not a thing and wrestlemania was going on as scripted still a bad idea would not like gronk to be part of that at all just totally no just no um it seems like a total salvage move um but yeah that's just how i feel about that um another question from another person from gold coast federation shout out to uh, rj wallace uh, he is asking me about Roman Reigns. Let me see what he says. How would you book Roman Reigns with no crowd to boo him? How would you book Roman to look better without a crowd? I think, hold on. I think, let me see what he, By let me see what he means by look better. Oh, storyline wise, like promo's character for him to be popular with the crowd. Well, um, this actually digs into a little bit of my what another point I was gonna get into later, but I might as well bring it up now. There's no format for this thing. I'm flying off the the seat of my pants right now. But um pretty much, man, um one thing that I have been loving with the uh I guess the quote unquote empty arena shows I feel like the wrestlers have been given This blessing in disguise to to really get their promos over, if that makes sense. For instance, uh, the Roman Reigns promo, I felt like was great because he had no one to boo him. And I know that's the joke, but. He also. Didn't come from the standard Roman Reigns character with that promo. You can tell he really spoke from the heart. A lot of it was probably, you know, the shoot at times as far as how he really felt, as far as like him saying, you know, if I main event these 5,000 plus shows in Kansas and here and there, then why why is it a problem if I do want to, you know, main event, I'm not good enough to main event the big show, you know, against a a part-timer. And, then you know, he was real candid about him feeling that Goldberg's a part-timer. And... Um, I felt like that promo did him well because he also spoke real softly, which allowed him to emote very well, which is something that he is not very, it's not a a, a fortune accustomed to him very often without the expense of so much natural noise around him. You know, i.e., the crowd to shit on him and boo over him. I felt like with him to have that silence and that space, it almost felt like it's weird. It enough, you know, because of the fact they were at the PC. It really reminded me of promo class. It looked like it was promo class, but in the sense it was like Roman had to prove to you why he deserved to be in that match and why he was going to be looked at as not the heel. I mean. I didn't really give a, you know a crap to be honest. You know, going into the match, I I kind of called that they were gonna have these two together a couple of months ago because of the fact that Roman was tweeting kind of reckless about him without saying his name or atting him. Um, and you know, you know, in, in today's uh, youth, though, those are uh, actions uh, called upon for uh, for beefing. Uh, but um, you know, they want the smoke, as they say. Uh, but with this said that promo actually made me get care, you know, because everybody was just dubbing it, oh, Spear versus Spear, which made me not care about it even more. Um, but listening to Roman's side of it, it made me sympathize with Roman. It made me, you know, and the thing is, is I think because us as fans, we kind of sometimes uh, obsess over being so much part of the show and booing who we want and, you know, taking that to heart, like, over overdrive, but also, you know, cheering who we want as well. But sometimes we take – Pride in, in in booing the ones that the the younger crowd likes to cheer because we that's not what what us as lapsed fans or older uh, more experienced fans want to see and you know we're just thinking yeah we're older so we know better and we we know what what's better for the product yeah but as kids you know we have to remember who we liked and I'm pretty sure who we were into when we were younger weren't like you know we we, we can't really be you know calling the the pot calling the kettle black here but anyways I digress. This, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, like I said, like I, uh, I felt like this gave us a little inside scope into Roman, um, which was very well needed, and it made me again, like, I'm, I don't know who would want to boo him after that promo. I thought I felt like it was real endearing to, uh, the viewers, and again, it did him a real service and a real justice for him to be able to have that time. Uh, to speak from the heart and that still come off as bad. I mean, because you know, it's him is Roman Reigns. It's like always oh, short and sweet, or oh, I gotta yell, or oh, come on, y'all, it's me, Roman Reigns. You know who I I, I grind. I'm 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 the grind is in my blood. I'm this in my family bloodline. This is what I do. Cause I will never give up. Cause I <laughs> I can't. I'm I'm trying like to cut a, like a decent Roman promo, but I'm I'm. And I'm blanking on the on the stuff. I mean, you know what I mean. It's just this is my yard, and you know. But this it was different from all that, and I think that's why it was very refreshing, and way more believable. Which again, it did it did justice for towards his cause, uh, going into this match with Goldberg. If it's still going in, you know, I, again, I get we'll still have yet to figure out how to, WrestleMania will be in its entirety. But um, I mean, again, I, it's not how I would book Roman. Um, I think that it's how they're booking Roman that's going to help him get over. I think that promo did wonders for him, and again, it's not just him. There's a lot of people that are benefiting from uh, this sort of uh, promo environment, quote unquote promo class type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. There's, there's been uh, there's been quite a few people that have been able to. Uh, I, uh, 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 Becky Lynch had another uh, promo that was really really done well um, when she was you know given uh again the same space to pretty much emote and not have to you know depend too much on as they say uh i don't want to say raising your voice but you know what i mean like just having to always you know yell into a microphone and sound badass because you're talking to a crowd you know a whole room you know hundreds and thousands of people and stuff like that but with this she was able to just kind of, it was like an acting scene you know what i mean it was like an audition um and you know and these people were nailing it it was great it was and it was again it was refreshing to see uh, a lot of these athletes in that light to see them emote that way because more times than not we haven't you know really exactly given everyone that same um you know again a uh, uh, situational type of uh, push or or promo um uh, where they've been able to showcase that i mean again yeah there's live crowd and stuff like that but man, uh, again, I I don't know, that that promo from from Roman just really put a different spin on the match for me personally. I mean, am I still, like, so much invested? No, but, I mean, like, it it reminds me, yeah, you know what, this guy a year ago, a year from, you know, from where we're at now, he was out, you know what I mean? His career was in in limbo, and, and, you know, he never lost the belt, and no one's ever questioned him from when he came back and started back at the bottom, you know what I mean? So, it really, again, it really had me sympathizing and, and dear with a lot of what he has been going through to get back to, to where he's supposed to be at, and the fact that he has to do it against a part-timer quote-unquote from Goldberg, you, you got to feel for the guy, you know what I mean? So, um, another question. Oh, finally, got some AW questions here. Uh, another, oh, got got another GCF affiliate. We got a uh, Victor Cassidy here who's on uh, commentary as well as uh, a lot of different things behind Gold Coast Federation. He had asked, uh, how do I think AEW handled uh, the no fans show better than WWE? I'm guessing he's referring to the uh, the AEW Dynamite episode that aired last night without fans, which is the first time they've done so since they've been on the air. Um, and uh, he's asking how they how he felt that they handled it, and if, uh, if anything they did would be something that WWE should learn from. Um, One thing I thought was interesting was uh, the difference between when WWE did it uh, with SmackDown last Friday and when uh, AEW did it this past Wednesday is uh, their camera was a little bit different. Um, They had the hard cam, um, but, you know, at AEW Dynamite, they were using Daily's Place, which is um, TK's uh you know dad's uh establishment which is where they had i believe fight for the fallen last was it july i believe it was last july um but they had their set where you know it's positioned a certain way where the hard camera has to be uh positioned a certain way as well um and it served for honestly a a better time like you know they kept the the shots kind of close um kind of tight you know if that's the lingo there but uh one thing i did like is though you can hear um the other wrestlers that was that was the biggest thing too that was another thing that a lot of people were getting uh getting their pants in a bunch about was uh the fact that they had a lot of the, the the you know they had the heels on one side and they had the baby faces on another side in terms of having uh some of the 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 roster there, um, in place of the 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 audience members for uh, for um, dynamite, I didn't mind it. I mean, I felt like they had to do something, and it had to be a little bit different than what WWE just did. Even though it's not, you know, so much a priority to be you know different than competition right now in these times, but they know that they also have a responsibility to themselves for a company that's never done this before and never faced this before. Still within their first infant year of being in operation is, you know, they ha- they still have to, you know, they have an identity to to uphold, you know what I mean? And uh, they did it a little different. Like I said, they they decided to keep, you know, have some of their their talent there. I felt like it added to the show in a dynamic where, I mean, like, look, You guys can't complain about how they had wrestlers in the crowd and then not complain, uh, you know, and then be like, oh, man, Triple H was super funny on commentary on SmackDown. Yeah, he was. He was entertaining and and Triple H very much is. But half the reason why he was is because he was breaking kayfabe like a motherfucker again, which is fine. You know what I mean? I'm grown enough to be able to understand sometimes it's going to be entertaining to do so, sometimes people are enraged when it happens, I think we all know who we're talking about Um, there's some purists out there there's some people that don't mind whatever, you know what I mean, wherever you fall on the spectrum what have you, but you can't you know what I mean, like hail Triple H for that, and oh man he was so awesome on commentary with all the stuff he was doing, the inside jokes and again, breaking uh, kayfabe with some of the stuff he was doing and saying Um, and then, you know get mad, like, oh it's so unprofessional that these guys, you got this guy and this guy over here gambling on fight or on matches. And then you got these guys over here, uh, cheering for, you know, I'm like, dude. I mean, I felt like it was one of those things where the boys were just supporting the boys. They know it's weird. They know a lot of these guys, 90% of them are indie guys. They've wrestled for whether it's five people, 15, 50 or 500 in their lives, all the way down to the big crowds they get now for at least five to 10,000, you know, with, with the shows for AEW and all that stuff. But, you know, performing in front of a crowd or no crowd is no different. You know, it's nothing, you know, it's just not nothing they haven't been through before. But I feel like as such, you know, they also wanted to show them support because, you know, as much as I hate to say it, indie wrestling has a certain style that relies heavily on crowd response. Um, wrestling in itself does, and it's, you know, already. But I feel like just because of how fast-paced and, you know, it's, it's give and take and they – it. I mean, I think a lot of you guys understand what I'm trying to say here. And, and, I mean, if you look at a Young Bucks match, go watch a Young Bucks match and then think about that match with an empty arena with nobody to cheer any of that. You know what I mean? It's a little different, right? Or like a, a Lucha Brothers match with no crowd. Like, you know what I mean? Um, uh, an Orange Cassidy match with no crowd. It, it. It's not the same, you know? So I feel like... They were doing their part to help, you know, kind of bring that vibe in so that they felt like, you know, they could, you know, because sometimes a lot of those guys feed on that energy in that that place in, you know, from the the, the crowd members to get that, you know, their match popping to get that extra momentum to... You know, to, to put on, you know, 120, sometimes 150, just because they, you know, they were already at 100, but they came and saw how packed the house was, how, how many people were excited to see him, how many people were yelling and screaming their name, getting ready for a move. They didn't even know that they were excited to see because they've been only doing it a few times on TV. And now they're like, wow, these guys are really actually paying attention. Like, there's all these little things that go into that. So I feel like a lot of these guys, you know what I mean? I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it at all. Um, and again, I think what they did that was different was. Besides the fact that they had talent in, in the in the stands, they also had, again, the way that they shot it, so they had it real tight around the talent in a ring where you couldn't, it was at times where you couldn't even tell that it was an empty arena, you know what I mean? Uh, because of the fact that there was a little bit of out, outside noise. I mean, you knew there was nobody there, but there was still, you know, crowd, somewhat participation, you know, albeit under 50 people, I had to say it. It is what it is. But... I think that's what made it fun. They still put on a show, and they still, it was, I mean, I don't think that there was something that they did in particular that WWE could learn from. Um, WWE is, they are again, they're the colossal entity of professional wrestling. They've been doing this longer. They have uh, wider resources or a uh, larger arsenal of, of resources, I should say, in terms of how they like to do things in presentation by far. You know what I mean? Um so it's no doubt to me that they probably have a uh, plan A through plan, you know, F as far as how they're going to execute uh, everything on a day-to-day basis, probably on an hour-to-hour basis, you know what I mean? But um in terms of if there's something they can learn, I I wouldn't say anything in particular. I think both of them are still learning from this. Um it's weird. To I mean, I don't think either of them have ever had anything like this where they had to put a show on with no audience at all. So Uh, they're both learning in, in these, uh, dire, uh, you know, situations right now. So, but I mean, you can't, again, hats go off to everyone that's still put on the show. You can't, you can't fault either of them. You know what I mean? So that's why I was, I think I was kind of so, so crass in, in my reaction as far as people really, oh, I don't know why they would have people in the crowd for, uh, AEW. It's like, come on, man. Like it's look, as far as right now, like, are we really still like worried about kayfabe and you know in terms of right now i think they're all just really it, it says a lot that they're still on the road away from their immediate families while all this stuff is going on still in efforts to want to entertain us so that that's all i'll say about that man um and i think we have only a few more questions here uh going through the back. oh okay so i got uh okay, I, th- I guess uh, say the best for last man oh, it's
0: Yo, yo, what's going on, KJS listeners? It is I, the one and only hip-hop hybrid, Triple H himself, Doc Lesnar, co-host of your favorite wrestling podcast, giving you the best news in the wrestling universe. But right now, I'm just taking some time to remind you guys to hit me up, follow me on Instagram, but of more importantly, get that music. You guys have heard me talk about it every episode. I hit you with the plugs, Amazon, Google, you know what I mean, iTunes, a little bit of Apple Music, and of course Spotify, so what are you guys waiting on man, follow me on Spotify, you go ahead and, and, and you know just tip your toe a little bit, that's a that free stream you know, the first one's always free, but check out my songs man, Triple H, Hip Hop, Hybrid, and of course one of my favorite songs I've ever done, the Strong Style and Profiling Remix featuring myself, my cohort Quincy Jones Go, you may have heard of him, and of course the iconic Mega Ran and the homie Cam Archer man, so go ahead check that out anywhere that you digitally stream your music today. Doc Lesnar, hip hop hybrid, go! Welcome to the Quincy Jones Show, home of the tag team champions of the I.E. Quincy Jones and Doc Lesnar. See the third man. This is
1: man! What the hell is going on here? Got a uh, questions from my boys, Lesnar and Mark McFly. So let me let me see what we got here. We got a uh, Lesnar first. Oh, he has a group of questions. Actually, let me see what's up with uh McFly, see if he has a somewhat of a shorter order for me because I know these are gonna take me a bit. Um, oh, he asked me about the the hills and the faces on the opposite side of the uh, the barricade and the makeshift crowd for AEW as well. So I guess our doc, here we go. Um, where does the dark order go from here? See, and I guess you know this is a. Again, it's all over the place. Uh, I did mean to do some sort of, uh, uh, you know, some some sort of organized review. But, again, we're flying out the seats of our pants here. There's a lot of stuff going on outside. They're telling us to stay. They're telling us to go. They're, I mean, they're saying a lot of stuff. But one thing is for certain, I'm going to do what I got to do as the host of one of your favorite podcasts. And uh, keep it impartial here, man. You know what I mean? We're just going to. Like I said, nothing's perfect here. This is a different episode. Um, In a sense here, I'm going to be doing a lot of reviews. So uh, his first question was, where does the Dark Order go from here? And for those who uh, may have missed it uh, for weeks now, the Dark Order has been teasing the uh, identity of the Exalted One. The Exalted One is near. The Exalted One is near. The Exalted One is here. And uh much to many surprise, a lot of people thought that it would be Matt Hardy. There's been a lot of teasing. I know I've had my hand in a lot of uh passing on that info, there's been a lot of teasing on A-W side, there's a lot of teasing on the Buck side, a lot of teasing on Matt Hardy side as well as Dark Order uh, Evil Uno. Um but as fate would have it, um you know, this was the show that was supposed to be in uh, Rochester. Um which was uh, also very much heavily uh, rumored to be the uh, debut show for uh, Luke Harper, a.k.a. Brody Lee. Or I should say Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper. Um, which we did. We did get uh, Brody Lee, and I'm very happy. Um, very happy for Brody Lee. Big Brody Lee fan. Um, you know, obviously, I felt like he had a whole lot more potential than. Uh, I mean, he was given a shot. I'm not, you know, you know what I mean? I'm not going to shit on the, the shot he was given. I thought he did great as Icy Champ he was great as a um a lieutenant to uh Wyatt as well but they were doing a whole lot of other stuff with him i feel like they didn't really know what they had or how to handle him um or manage him i should say his character but he was uh you know granted his release along with several others earlier uh you know last year 2019 I should say like mid 2019 but yeah, everybody was chomping at the bit. We kind of had a feeling we were going to get a Brody Lee in AEW, and now we do. He has now been debuted and introduced as the Exalted One for the Dark Order. So, uh, where does the Dark Order go from here? I would uh, imagine um, some sort of four and four. I could see Evil Uno, um, Luke Harper, Stu Grayson, possibly, uh, you know, one of. You know, Alex Silver or, or, uh, I'm sorry, John Silver or Alex Rant, one of them. Um, because I know they've been doing a lot of, uh, back and forth between SCU as well as, uh, you know, with, uh, Cole Cabana joining SCU. Not really joining SCU, but, you know, in their corner as of late, who also came for the save, um, on, uh, AW Dark earlier this, uh, week from last week, I should say. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be uh, kind of sewing up everything with SEU. Um, I am interested to see uh, Luke Harper. Um, there was a quite uh, a quotable by Luke Harper in reference towards uh, Chris Daniels saying that you're not the first old, out-of-touch old man to uh, not believe in me, but you'll damn sure be the last, which obviously is a little bit of a shot, a little bit of shade towards Vinnie Mac. Um But... Again, that was what he said, which obviously plays into what I was saying as far as mismanagement and uh, potential and all that. So forth and you know, ergo. <laughs> whatever. Uh, but yeah, we do have uh Luke Harper. He is an AEW, he's all elite, and um I'm interested to see what he does from a uh I mean, look, we've seen Luke Harper in a stable before. I was a little bit um reluctant or, I mean, I guess hesitant in the, uh, decision to, I mean, and this is even before that they, you know, we were sure that it was going to be Brody. Um, you know, if it was even showing up at all, but, uh, as far as the idea of him being, um, in charge or not in charge, but being a part of another, um, stable, uh, again, just, you know, just so soon after, him being so attached and uh, you know, forever, you know, as far as the Wyatt family and everything he does, you know, he he was doing in WWE. Um I feel like, you know, that's one of the things people are always gonna forever link him to is the the, the Wyatt family. So, you know, to lead the Wyatt family. I felt like it would have been better for him to see him flourish in his, you know, own right as far as being like a solo guy, um, possibly going for the world heavyweight. I would love to see the introduction of a of some sort of uh uh You know, mid-card title where even Brody could be, you know, the headpiece for that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I would say there was a little bit of trepidation on my part where I was thinking hopefully, you know, it won't be falling into the same type of stuff. But, you know, I also had to remember this is a different type of game. Uh, These are uh, the boys booking the boys. And then also the fact that we got Luke actually being the leader. And I love the promo um had a, a hell of a promo uh again you know had the quotable with the old man out of touch line and then just also him being the mouthpiece and just the overall leader i'm 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 looking forward to that i'm looking forward to seeing his character development and seeing how he leads as a top guy so um that's how i answered that boom what else you got for me lesnar we're almost well, we're, we're wrapping this up we'll see what, we'll see what we got here hold on we got let's see uh, should Mania Forge on oh okay. Should Mania Forge on despite current events and if so, do you agree with the announced two day format? Um I touched on that a little bit earlier. Um I if it was up to me, I would postpone, but then again, it's kinda hard because there's some other so many other moving parts and logistics that goes into that. Um do we then just keep, you know, I mean, keep doing empty arena shows, and which they obviously aren't. Well, I mean, NXT didn't air in any uh, any matches. Um, we did have uh, a few, I think. No, no, we had uh, I think only a few uh, promos on Monday, and then they they played the whole <laughs> Royal Rumble men uh, men's Royal Rumble match. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's a uh, Because I'm thinking if they postpone it, then, you know, they would have to postpone. I mean, ideally, all the storylines are, like, frozen in time, right? Um, Because that's the only other part about it. We could postpone it, but then is there other content or other ways to progress these storylines while we're sitting here waiting? Is it important for them to keep progressing the storylines while we sit here waiting and stewing away, waiting for this WrestleMania moment? Yeah. I don't know. It's all hard to say because, again, a lot of moving parts, a lot of logistics when it comes to uh, not only just the show, but the overall, you know, everything that goes into the show. There's still, you know, um, what, a couple weeks what two more weeks that uh, a build to go into the show, ideally, if they didn't, you know, have to uh, postpone it or relocate and all that. But um, the two day format, I feel like the only reason I would agree on it is if one of those days was going to include NXT, because as far as we know, NXT TakeOver has been uh, canceled. Um, so I don't know if there's going to be any sort of uh, clarity on uh, a lot of these. I mean, which is, I guess that would answer my question as far as how they attack uh, the p- postponement. Because, again, we had quite a few matches that were leading up into this TakeOver uh, you know, weekend and now we got to figure out what they're going to do if they're going to if they cancel takeover and we don't know what the next big event for NXT is let alone the next live event for NXT is um i don't know what they're going to do as far as uh tying in these uh storylines i mean what they did on NXT on this wednesday was great loved it um you know they you know they had to spend about an hour you know uh threading the the you know pretty much the story that is Gargano Shampa. Um but it was awesome. Um they did the same thing with uh Rhea Ripley, which, you know, it was still great. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I feel like they've been doing a lot of too many features on Rhea Ripley, which for people who may not know her, that's great for but for people like me who do know, already know her, I feel like they're kind of doing a little bit of overdrive, a little overkill, if you will. Um but the one they did for Finn, I loved. The one that he pretty much was narrated. I mean, they all narrated everything, but he narrated the entirety of it. That was a great video package. And again, that, that that's the thing I'm talking about. Like I was talking about earlier with the fact that there's no crowd. It allows these talents this personal spotlight to really just emote and really put forth this character development in terms of how Tommaso Ciampa feels about Johnny Gargano costing him the world championship about how Finn feels about having to go against guys like Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin only to want to come back. And like, I felt like there was a well needed, uh, space, especially for Finn, to have to finally answer that question about, you know, cause everyone looked at it as a demotion when Finn, you know, went back to NXT. But now we have this explanation from Finn Balor, the character's point of view about why he felt he needed to come back to NXT about why he felt he wanted to come back to NXT, why he came back and what he wants from coming back. I love it. You know what I mean? So, um, but anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. As far as the two the two day format, uh, I think it's good because we sure as hell don't want to see a whole six to seven hour uh, <laughs> spectacle, quote unquote, of WrestleMania being hosted with no fans. Um, I don't know that that's like a telethon with no crowd, just the phones ringing the whole time. Um, which I think that's the one of the reasons why they want to split it up. But again, if it was up to me, I'd postpone it. I just don't know how they would handle the the storyline. So. Um, after that, what we got? Should AEW continue to put on shows in the current climate? Again, it is all brand new. Um, I think the thing with AEW is they don't roll with a few uh, a full roster or a full crew all the time. Um, we do know that they have like obviously a way different uh, work schedule than WWE, uh, way lighter in terms of t- days off and days that they get to spend at home. I think that. I don't know if they have a choice at this point. Um, I feel like the more the days go, the more you know we keep getting more up and down news about this whole thing in terms of uh, being able to have social and public gatherings and events and all that. Um, I feel like if it was up to them, they would continue the way that they're doing it now. But I also feel like before next week, they're probably going to get told that they can't. Um, but if they do... I feel like they have a good chance that they could. Is, uh, I mean, they could change up the crew. You know what I mean? There's uh, there's the main storylines, which is, you know, the, the blood and guts stuff. But, again, the blood and guts has been postponed to another date. Um, but we can still tie in some stuff. I mean, not everybody has to be there. Um, I understand their need to want to continue putting on shows. Uh, I think they need to. If we're actually still thinking about, like, you know, again, carving out their identity and still trying to, I mean, again, still in their infant year of trying to, you know, substantiate everything that, they, that they're, they're betting on themselves and, and just, you know, their, the ROI on, on, on everything that they've been risking and gambling as far as uh, all elite wrestling, I think they need to continue to put on shows. I don't think it necessarily hurts them if they don't, but then I think one thing they do have over WWE is the ability to put out, you know, content as seen in, you know, BTE and other various things that they've done, such as, you know, you know, uh, room service interviews. I I, I can't remember the name of it, but um, there's another one that they they do, and there's several other things that they they can still do to tie in these uh, storylines, but you know, so again, it's all about that human contact and being able to film stuff, so... Uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of... It's a toss-up, again. This is something we've never been in the middle of or part of before, so, I mean, selfishly as a fan, yeah, I would love to see these shows still go on. I didn't mind the the shows without the, uh, the audience for SmackDown, as well as um, uh, AEW, um, Dynamite, but again, uh, I have a feeling that they're going to be told uh, to cut it out before they get another chance. Hopefully we'll get one next week, but um, next we have, let me see post blood and guts opponents for Matt Hardy. And again, for those uh, would have been part of my well-organized, well-thought-out review for the week. But for those who may have missed it, AEW dynamite this past Wednesday, we got the debut of the broken one, Matt Hardy, as he was announced and introduced by Matt Jackson, After uh, losing a uh, six-man tag with his partners, Hangman and Cody, against uh, the Inner Circle, represented by uh, Ortiz, Santana, and Jake Hager, for uh, one of those matches to gain leverage, you know, uh, advantage, all that good stuff in the Blood and Guts match. But everyone was wondering how they were going to fare against the full five members of the Inner Circle with... Nick Jackson, who was attacked last week uh, brutally, who is now out indefinitely. And Kenny Omega seemingly getting cleared from his broken uh, wrist just in time. But still, they're up uh, five against four. Everybody was wondering, what was going to happen? Was someone going to step up? Was Mox going to take his place? Actually, we have our answer now. Uh, Matt Hardy called in favor. And we now officially have the Broken Universe in AEW. Matt Hardy is uh, all elite. And, yeah. um, As far as uh, to answer your question there, Lesnar, post-blood-and-guts opponents for Matt Hardy. Hmm. I imagine you mean, like, feuds, not just people he'd just, you know, wrestle for the sake of uh, getting his record up. Um... I would think him and Luke Harper would have to uh, intercept at some point. Um, I also think... Let me see. Hmm. Oh, Lance Archer, I think, would be another good one. Especially when you add Jake the Snake in there. Him and uh, Jake the Snake can go a few rounds verbally on the mic. I think that would be great. Um... I, I wouldn't even be mad at him in Moxley. I wouldn't be mad at him and Moxley. I could even see him versus Joey Janela in uh one of those uh with unsanctioned matches. And I think I could even see um I don't know what they're doing with him. They keep promoting this one match between him and Luther, but uh Jimmy Havoc versus uh Broken, mad. I wouldn't be mad at. Um, yeah, that's all I got for that. Um, oh, speaking of Lance Archer, honest opinion of Lance Archer's vignette. I actually loved it. Uh, okay, let me. Refer- I didn't love it. I. Uh, I dug it a lot. Um, I don't want to oversell it. Um, we've known Lance Archer, and I say we, myself and Lesnar, uh, as Lance Hoyt. In uh, the former Impact Wrestling TNA, we've also known him as uh, Vance Archer in the uh, often mis uh, you know forgotten about EC WWE reboot. Um, but then you know he left and was doing a lot of stuff in Japan, uh, doing some stuff uh, I believe with and maybe no, no no I think I'm right it, with um yeah Killer Elite Squad. KES, I believe he was doing some things also with uh Davey boy if I'm not mistaken but made a great uh you know hell of a name for himself on uh you know in Japan um obviously saw quite a bit of his stuff uh leading up to his debut I um was you know started going back and watching some of the stuff that he's done um the whole murder hog business trying to figure out how he transformed into that watching his in-ring style now obviously saw quite a few matches of his before in new japan um a lot of his stuff you know uh him versus mox for the the you know iwgp united states heavyweight championship as well um also some of his stuff from, uh, from g1 um yeah man i mean the the watching that to kind of prepare me for, you know, pretty much because a lot of people, when, you know, the news came out about Lance Archer as far as being an all elite, it was a huge deal, huge score. And it's not that I didn't believe, I just wanted to figure out and understand why. Because my last memory of him was from the other places I, you know, I named before of, you know, Impact, ECW. Uh, I heard, you know, he was doing the Killer Elite Squad stuff. Didn't watch a whole lot unless it was, like, part of, like, you know, if he was on the Russell Kingdom card, um, then I'd watch it. You know what I mean? Um, Again, did some homework. Obviously, was doing some uh, watching of a lot of Ambrose's stuff uh, as he was making his way through the G1 as well as, uh, you know, making his way to Russell Kingdom as well as just New Japan in itself in a nutshell. So... Div, you know, definitely got to see a chance, you know, of uh, Lance Archer pretty much, uh, you know, getting getting his uh, the showcase his abilities as well. Um, definitely was impressed as far as the vignette. I thought it was great. Um, it seemed. I mean, I don't know. It, uh, there were certain things about it that I probably wouldn't. I uh, would have changed, but it could have just be me and my detailed oriented self. Um, you had a little person kind of doing like this, uh, come one, come on, step right up, test your, uh, test your strength, test your ability against, you know, the big guy, <clears throat> you know, the, uh, the big giant, the killer, you know, what to say, try or die is what they said. And it kind of came off real carny like, right. And that was kind of the, uh, you know, it seemed like they, they were in, like, someone's huge-ass huge, huge ass backyard, you know, with a whole bunch of, like, junk scattered and stuff, all kinds of things buried underneath and all kinds of debris everywhere, right? It just seemed like it was just kind of like this makeshift ring set up in somebody's backyard, and I don't know. Like I said, it came off real corny, like right? But there was no carnival anywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like, I, I felt like it was like that, but it was like, okay, and, uh, it felt like we were, like, in a junkyard type of situation or like a back alley. Like I felt like it was, it represented too many ideas at once. Um, but I got the gist of it. You know what I mean? Um, I love that he had, you know, at the end he had a whole bunch of like, you know, everybody was piled up that he knocked out. Um, he had that one guy that was like calling him an asshole at the end that he slammed on the, the hood of the car. I thought that, that, uh, that was great. Um, uh, we did get to see a bunch of his, uh, signature moves and stuff that we can expect from him. I thought it was great. I thought it was a good introduction uh, for people like myself. It's not, uh, a, you know, many times I find myself on the opposite side of the fence. Usually I'm very well informed about uh, new hires, new potential, uh, you know, blue chippers and stuff coming in and getting signed by people and, you know, looking at the how, how they represent them with the, the vignettes, whether they rename them or re- uh, rebrand them or whatever it is you know you repackage them what have you um very seldom am I on the other side where i'm the guy being shown who he is now and it has to be believable towards me and it was it seemed believable towards me again i feel like they went a little bit outside the box as far as like well why would they go all the way out there i think because the other reason why it kind of made me like kind of feel weird about the whole quote-unquote backyard carny stuff is a they already don't like that backyard mud shell wrestling commentator haterism that they already get all the time but it seemed weird to have jake the snake sit up there like kind of like the king of everything on you know sitting back on his throne being entertained by you know the the lion in the coliseum with the uh, lance archer in the ring cigar in his mouth, and it's just, I don't know, like, the the scene seemed a little bit under Jake the Snake as someone that's, I mean, maybe the the character, I was supposed to identify more with the character being at a place like that, but I can't, it's hard for me to invest in Jake the Snake, the character in AEW, because we've only seen him twice, and he's just a legend. It's hard, to I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, dude, you're a legend. Why, why would you be at a place like this? This is, like, under you, like, you would have... Like you, 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 sh- you would have like uh, some of the most, like, uh, you know, fine cut up and comers, like the sh- shredded shooters that are like stretching this guy out, you know, up against him and like, you know, like a, like a, I don't want to say a secret facility or some sort of like hidden, like, uh, you know, PC or, you know, whatever, but, you know, something like that, you know, because he's like a vet. He has a lot of knowledge. You would think that it would be something a little bit different. But you know what? This guy's a killer. And he was fighting guys, you know, twice as wide, you know, for all shapes, all sizes. And like I said, it came off It came off really good to me. It came off really good to me. So, uh, again, if I'm in the minority of knowing who this guy is, that's all that, you know, you need to sell it to. And, you know, you sold it to me. I just got to see him in a match. That's all. And he was, oh, we got to... One last uh, question of the night before we call it quits here. Again, appreciate you guys listening thus far. I know it's been a bit of a, uh, let's just say, unconventional episode of the Quancy Jones Show. Again, we're doing things a little bit different. Um, I had you guys uh, hit me up with questions. Again, trying to connect with you guys, man. Trying to you know reach out, touch your soul, you don't know. Letting you guys know it's going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? In the scope of things. I know everything's crazy right now. I know people are panicking. I know they're telling you what you should be scared of and what you shouldn't be scared of. And I, and I, I know it's hard to to dissect information from, from just, you know, passed on misinformation and all that. But one thing you can always count on is as a constant is that Quincy Jones show is going to go out of our way to try to entertain you. As much as we can, make sure you guys have a good time. And again, I just wanted to try to, you know, reach out. You know, just just got a little olive branch there. We even though we haven't been beefing, but I just wanted to, you know, you you got a friend, you got a friend there, bud. I'm not your bud there, friend. You know what I mean? Just letting you know that uh, in times like this, I'm a person too, and I want to holler at you. You know what I mean? Just uh, reaching out to you, just uh, letting you know. It's all real. We're real. This connection is real. We all very much are in love with the same thing. And that is this art that we call pro wrestling. And yeah, man, this is just, uh, just me spewing it out of my mouth every week. And you guys just enjoying me doing so. But, um, on that note, last question of the show. Was it smart for NXT to run a recap show in order to break the monotony of the PC, or do you think it cost them this week? Good question. Good question. Well, a few different ways to look at this. As far as if it uh, cost them this week, it, it did. I believe it cost them uh, 300,000 viewers. They were down to like 500,000. uh Dynamite was still at a strong like uh, 800,000. I think a little bit over 800,000. Um, yeah. But I don't think it, in viewership, yes. Um, I don't think it costs them. I mean, WWE, they're, they're always going to be ahead, right? You know what I mean? Um, they're always going to be, they're they are the uh, the flag. I mean, I want to say, like, there's, there's wrestling before WWE. There's wrestling before WWF. There's wrestling before WWF. But as far as who's been doing it longer, the biggest conglomerate, in that industry, obviously, WWF, WWE, whatever you want to call them, they're so far ahead. As such, they ran unopposed for so long. They've been able to make so many blunders and come back. Like even nowadays, like they, even those who hate watching what what they do and the decisions they make, they still watch the week after, in hopes that something different will happen. Right? Even now with the with there being competition. There's still people that are still watching it, right? So, I, I don't think it's really costing them because they can have, like, for instance, they they just had the reveal of the giant spider, and then next week they had Drew McIntyre kill it off, ride it off TV. They're good. I mean, we're not dumb. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, that that's the part of it i don't appreciate and i never appreciate it when wwe thinks that we don't remember something especially if it was a week ago and especially if it was something as ridiculous as a giant moving spider but i digress they they can do something dumb and and not you know like like, like for instance nxt can lose a week and you know it's not going to kill him but i mean hell They've been losing weeks for for weeks, but and it still hasn't killed them. They still they still been putting on great TV. You know what I mean? Um, I thought that it was a good recap show, if that makes sense. Um, I, and I was I spoke about that earlier with the the different promos and the video packages and all that with a uh, Tommaso and Champa. Uh, I'm sorry, Tomaso and Gargano, as well as Rhea Ripley and uh, you know looking to Finn Balor. All those are great. Um. I think that's something that they should produce in between their takeovers or or you know big championship matches or grudge matches, you know, coming up in the future. I I love seeing the in-depth look and I love also the fact that they had the wrestlers themselves being the ones to narrate their feelings and the story. I mean, so many times Not so much NXT, but a lot of times in the main roster, especially with Michael Cole, which it's nothing against Michael Cole. He does what he's being told to do. But he often tells you what to think. Or he often, you know, instead of allowing, you know, just planning little things to get you to think certain things. Or allowing the, the story to organically play out for you to see it. A lot of times they tell you what you're seeing and I can't stand that. Um, so I feel like with the wrestlers being the ones interviewed and being the ones, you know, going step by step and, you know, looking back at all this stuff and being able to tell you what was really actually going through their mind while this stuff was going on, I thought was very great. That's where it did not cost them. Uh, again, excellent character development work by everybody. Um, I I I mean, I don't think they should continue doing this stuff, but then again, I don't know what they've been allowed or permitted to do in terms of going forward of putting on shows. Um, tomorrow, or today, as this comes out, um, SmackDown's supposed to come on. We don't know what's up with SmackDown. Um, then we got, you know, Raw on Monday. Supposedly, we'll see what happens with that. And now who knows how they'll, how they'll produce that. I mean... I, it's a little bit different because uh, with Raw, that's a three-hour show. So I don't know if they can. You know, they had a f- you know a few things going on this Monday where you know they were able to manage with the Royal Rumble you know match and all that stuff. But they're not going to be able to rely on that very much longer. Um, but as far as uh, I mean, I do agree. I think um, I don't think there was a monotony of the 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 PC shows. I, I wouldn't have minded seeing more of the shows at the PC. But, um, again, this recap show, as, as the way you put it, wasn't bad at all. I wasn't against it at all. Again, I was uh, a little bit disappointed to see that there wasn't any matches this week. Though I'm not mad at the, you know what I'm saying, at a, uh, the talent. I'm not mad at management for not allowing them to wrestle or whatever the situation is. I'm not mad at disappointing at them. Uh, it's just different when you're, you know, you're in, you know something's going to be different. Um, you're anticipating there's going to be a change, especially in the format, especially again with uh, SmackDown and 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 Raw being with no arena, and then you know uh, I tend to watch both on on Wednesday between NXT and Dynamite, depending on what I watch first. Uh, it's always a toss up, but I I happen to watch Dynamite first, only because we you know again I got I got a chance to see how WWE was doing the no uh, arena, no audio or the empty arena, no audience thing. I wanted to see how how uh, Dynamite was going to handle it and how it was going to be different and uh, I just how so happened to watch that they still had matches and then when I went to go watch NXT there wasn't any matches but again um I definitely got some character development so uh not mad at that but um yeah man um on that note that's our show sure. The only other thing I could report on now that I can uh I can think of is um Edge cut a hell of a promo. He's another guy that, that was able to cut a great promo uh, with the empty arena. Again, able to emote. That's the the keyword of this episode. Emote. Um, and he challenged uh, Randy to a last man standing match. But I I gotta I gotta be honest. I'm I'm interested to see how this will turn out without a crowd. So. You know, it's one of those things. I don't know. I guess we'll have to figure. I mean, again, unprecedented, never done before. I mean, let's hope not never again. Um, WrestleMania is uh, it's a little bit different this year, guys, uh, along with a whole bunch of other stuff, man. But, um, again, I hope uh, we brought you a little bit of joy uh, on uh, these days of you social distancing yourself and quarantining. Um it's been uh, more than six feet uh, between us, uh, but I hope that these velvety tones of my voice uh, brought you a little bit of smile in these uh, cloudy days. Right now in uh, Southern California, it's been raining like hell, um, which is not helping everything going on right now. But I hope wherever you are, you guys are uh, bundling up. You guys are well prepared. You guys are uh, healthy. You guys are doing good. You guys are being nice to each other. And uh, checking out each other, and most of all, you guys are being understanding, and uh, I know you guys are going stir-crazy, so am I, Um, in case you guys are on uh, PS4, and um, you guys want to hit me up and try to challenge me online, um, my tag name is Quincy Jones Go, all one word, Quincy Jones Go, and uh, yes, I do have 2K20, uh, WWE 2K20, but no, we're not playing that, I got 2K19, hit me up, man. I got my guys. We're ready. But uh, if not, man, uh, feel free to e- email us or uh, send us an DM, man. Again, uh, this doesn't just uh, you know apply to just the episode. I want to get to know you guys, man. I want to, you know, in this time, it's it's best that we uh, we humanize, man. We we just we we got we got to sit together. We gotta we, we gotta uh, remember that you know we're all human. We're all going through this together. It's it's hard. Um, but more now than ever, you know, especially in social distancing, which some people say social media has ruined this, uh, this little magic here, but, um, uh, now more than ever, we got to come together, man. We got to get to know each other, uh, be, uh, nice to your neighbor, be, uh, be great to your friend. So the, uh, you know, your family, everybody, it's uh it's tough out there, man. But, uh, anyways, feel free to hit us up again. DMs are open, baby. All day. You can hit us up on Instagram at the Quincy Jones Show, Facebook at the Quincy Jones Show, or you can hit us up at Quincy Jones Show on Twitter. Um, hit me up, man. You guys got a question? Wrestling related, personal, whatever, man. Let's do this thing, man. Let's let's get into it, bro. I know you're bored, I'm bored too, so uh let's uh let's be bored together. Let's talk some shit. Let's get into an argument, but respectfully, let's talk about wrestling, man. Let's talk about this thing we love. And if you guys are uh, maybe interested in maybe doing an interview uh, through Skype, I know times is hard right now. We ain't got no hazmat suits on deck, but you know maybe we can do a uh, uh, Skype. We can do Facetime. We got I got a whole bunch of other apps we can use. But if you're an independent wrestler looking to uh, flex your creative muscle, I know it's hard out there right now um Not being able to work, uh, but you guys want to put out some content or maybe update fans on what you got going on in the future. Hopefully, after everything's blown over, maybe update fans on what else you got going outside of wrestling. Uh, hit us up, the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. We'll set it up, man. Like I said, um you know, Skype, FaceTime. Uh, I have a few other uh, apps that are maybe not too uh, memorable off the cuff, but. I'll introduce you. Uh, it's easy to download, and we can get it popping, man. We can get everything going. But um, also, uh, if you guys are looking for a way to support uh, your local or independent wrestlers during this time of need, uh, there is a group going on right now on Facebook. I believe it's called Support Independent Wrestling or Support Independent Wrestlers. It's a place where everyone can go, uh, you know, buy some T-shirts, uh, you know, purchase some merch um i think there's a few patreons out there pretty much just going to i mean again a lot of these a lot of these men and women are, are, are they they depend on these bookings um you know in these matches and these shows that they're on you know to pay their bills and stuff like that but a lot of it's not happening because of everything going on right now and it's messed up man uh it's affecting a lot of people right now man you know small businesses independent contractors all that and the like man so again uh this is not a time to be selfish you know you know we got to be selfless and uh if you love wrestling and you love uh, your favorites, then uh, show them. You know what I mean? You got to support them. And uh, on that note, we also have t-shirts of our own. If you guys are digging what we're doing, by all means, hit us up. Uh, we got, uh, you know, sizes medium, large, extra large. The Quincy Jones Show t-shirts right now at $10 a pop. Hit us up and send us your size at uh, QuincyJonesShow at gmail.com. And uh, if you have PayPal, um, if you have, uh, uh, we'll see, uh, the, all the other others, Cash App, uh, cash money? I don't know if anyone's doing money right now. It's kind of I think everything, <laughs> everything's gonna be digital at this point for you know going forward. But uh, um, you guys got Venmo? I mean wh- whatever you guys got, Zelle, everything. You know, let us know we got it. Um, and we'll send it to you, um, ASAP. Uh, you know, especially during this time. Um, it's not that we need it, but if you guys want to support, by all means, hit a sub. But don't forget to support your favorites. Uh, on that note, uh, everybody stay up and uh, so be uh, top guys out here, right, and gals. Peace.